On this episode of The B-Side, we're going to be talking about what does it mean to be elder-led and how does voting work in the American church and is that even biblical? Welcome to The B-Side, a Blessed Hope podcast where we turn over the sermon notes and answer those lingering questions. Hey everybody, welcome to the B-Side. I am Vince, as always, and I'm joined by Pastor Matt and Malia Lee, and we're going to be talking about elder-led and and what does that mean. And so uh, if you're unfamiliar, we are at Blessed Hope, an elder-led church. So Matt, you want to kind of explain what does that mean? Because some churches, they're congregational-led, some are pastor-led, some are executive board-led. Oh, Matt was not on. I was not on. I'm on now, though. He's good. Um, it really is just a matter of um, church polity, right? So how does your church run things? Um, and, and so you get a lot of strong opinions about church polity and, and what's the best way to do it. Um, and, you know, there are some real good systems. There's flaws with everything. And I mean, there's flaws with everything because— of two reasons. One is the Bible doesn't clearly dictate, hey, in a 21st century context, Mm -hmm. this is what church leadership should look like. Mm -hmm. Also, there's flaws with everything because we're flawed. Yeah. Uh, And so no matter what kind of church polity you have, you're following flawed people. And so uh, we, we do acknowledge up front, I know this isn't the answer to your question yet, Vince, yeah. I'm getting there, I promise, but, but we, do, we do acknowledge up front that, you know what, there are different good biblical styles of leadership, and mm-hmm. that's okay. And that not everybody has to agree with the way that Blessed Hope does it, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't mean that we're right and they're wrong, or they're right and we're wrong. We, mm-hmm. we do it differently because we're all trying to honor God, and we're trying to follow a New Testament model in our context the best that we can. Yeah, and I think for some people, they're like, church polity. Who cares, even, right? Who cares? Um, and I'll just say for a little bit of his, historical context, I mean, this wasn't really a question until the Reformation. Right. Until all of a sudden we have Lutherans and we have Calvinists and, and we have, you know, the Church of England breaking from uh, the, the Catholic Church. And, you know, in the Catholic Church, it's, it's a pretty clear system. Pope, cardinals, archbishop, bishop, priest. And... You know, and, nothing's and, voted on. Yeah, and, and I, so I think I think there's there's one of those things where we start to wrestle a little bit with, well, well, what's the best way? And, and I think ultimately, um, let's put a pin in that, and maybe we mm-hmm. can come back to it. But, yep. but let's talk about what it is and, and what they are yep. first of all. Yep. So so in an elder led church, basically what we do is that we have decided, and we understand this from the New Testament, that that God has called. Some, and we call them elders. It's not about age. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has to do with shepherding. And some and churches call them deacons. Deacons, yes. Shepherding, pastoring, um, uh, caring for the flock. That's the role. And, and so we, we call elders to lead the church. And mm-hmm. we see that. Um, you know, Paul talks about that when he writes to Timothy. He's like, hey, I left you there so you could finish what I started. What needs to be finished is you need to appoint elders Mm-hmm. overseers of the church. And the way that elders worked in the New Testament and the way that we try to have them work here is that elders oversee the function of the church. We say these yeah. are godly men who are mature in their faith. There's a list of qualifications in Titus and in Timothy. We say if they feel called to be an elder, 
If God has called them and they meet the qualifications, then they are appropriate to lead the church. And mm. then what would happen is they would be in a position where they would basically discern God's will and they would be the responsible mm -hmm. uh, parties for the teaching of the members of the church and then right. people would follow them. Yep. Uh, and that's, that's how elders worked in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And and so when we are an elder-led church, we basically try to model our church as closely as we can after that. We have elders that basically we believe are, are men that are um, ordained and affirmed by God um, to lead his church. And we've given them the responsibility of vision and teaching and leadership in the church. Um, the authority rests with them. And basically we say, hey, okay, as long as the elders are not defying God, mm -hmm. we are going to trust and follow them. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's, that's how we do elder-led. I know other churches do it other ways. There are some churches, like you say, uh, that are, that are pastor-led churches, mm -hmm. where basically the pastor serves as the sole elder yeah. of the church. There are churches, especially in America— that are congregational churches, or you would call it a democratic church. Mm -hmm. um, and they're churches that vote on everything yeah. um, and democracy rules, uh, right? And, and, and we love that because we live in America and we love democracy. Yep. Uh, it's not necessarily a great church model, yeah. Um, and there's no biblical basis for it, but we do that. It's not mm -hmm. sinful. It's just a way some churches do it. Other churches are overseen by a group of people that live in a different community. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so there's just different ways that we model it. But we're an elder-led church. Uh, we feel like that aligns us most closely with what we see in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. uh, we, um, we prayerfully um, appoint God-fearing, mature men mm -hmm. who are qualified to be elders, who feel a call and a desire to serve as elders. And we basically say, hey, lead us. Yeah. And we follow. And, and I think that's a interesting distinction as well within our churches that because we are a non-denominational church mm -hmm. that's i mean that's where the buck kind of stops uh I, our church's history is from a church split with a denomination and part of that was because you know there are people that weren't part of the local body here in Vinton that were making decisions at big synods and, and big councils uh that didn't reflect the beliefs and the understanding of what the Bible is here in Vinton, and all of a sudden, a big gulf became apparent between uh, the local body and the the United States church body uh, that they were a part of. Yeah, and, and I think you know that predates me, and so I, I can't speak um, authoritatively about right. that. All, all I can say is that, that yes, one of one of the reasons that Blessed Hope decided to be and, and landed on being a non-denominational church was not anger at denominations right. as much as it was, hey, we know that we have a sole authority in Scripture, mm -hmm. and it's our desire to follow Scripture to the letter, regardless of what anyone else thinks, and that's mm -hmm going to be how we build the church. There are denominational churches that do that and do it well. Yeah. Um, so it's not a knock on denominations, mm -hmm. um, but, but it is something that most non-denominational churches have in common with each other, mm -hmm. is that they're elder-led churches. So what, is, what are some, I guess, some scriptures as far as, you know, if I'm, if I'm the church member and I've, I'm at Blessed Hope, and, you know, what do I how do I follow the elders? Sure. Um, um, I, I think... Or maybe, this, like, also, how do I 
disagree well with, with the elders. elders. Yeah, yeah, and and I think so. So there's a couple of things to process through there um, that that are helpful, and I think one of them is just to acknowledge the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the elephant in the room is that by and large, um, we are all pretty selfish people. Yeah, um, elders are included in that. We're human. We're broken. We're messy. Um, we're all selfish people. And so it's hard sometimes to follow someone mm-hmm. that has a different opinion than I do because inherently we're selfish. Mm-hmm. Two is we live in a society where um, we are taught to be true to ourselves. We're taught to follow our hearts. Mm-hmm. We're taught that we are oftentimes the most important person in the room. Right. And we also live in a society, in a culture where um, you know what? We've been rewarded for everything we've ever done, even if it was on accident and even if it was mediocre. Right. So somewhere along the way, I mean, just about everybody you talk to is sure they're the smartest person in the room. Yep. Right. And so most of us, I'm, I'm lumped in here too, cause I'm mm-hmm. broken and messy. Most of us think that we're the most important person in the room. We think that we're the smartest person in the room. Uh, and so therefore we think that our ideas, when we feel strongly about them should be the ideas that we follow. And then you add in also the element of social media where everybody has, and and it's a great place, everyone has an equal voice, um, but it's not always filtered the best when you're not sitting in front of somebody saying it. Um, But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just, so so I think think the elephant in the room is that um, an elder-led church feels weird if you haven't grown up in and been immersed in that as a system. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it feels weird to have a group of people that say, look, we are setting the direction and mm-hmm. we're not asking if you like it or don't like it. What we're saying is, please follow us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's a hard pill to swallow for some people. And I, I just, before we, we go too much further, I just want to acknowledge that that's a true thing, that yeah. it is hard. Yeah. Even um, in, in conversations with my fiance and her parents, their churches struggled a little bit more, uh, structured a little bit differently than ours. I mean, they still, they're deacon-led and stuff, but they, they vote on a lot more things than we do. And I think some of our folks that come from a background like that would be like, yeah, man, that's awesome. Like, we get to vote on this and that, and, and that's just not the case here. And so in conversations with them, they're, they, they, you know, they, you see them kind of pull back a little bit or tense up a little bit, like, oh, where, where's the checks and balances? And, and, yeah. and, and I get that. that that's, that's very real. It, it is very real. Um, but, but let me read you out of Hebrews 13. Um, you know, and, and again, in, in, or in Hebrews 13, in the context of that God has ordained men to lead the church, mm-hmm. and the church members are asked, here, here's what the author of Hebrews says um, to follow. It says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do mm-hmm. this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, um, for that would be of no benefit to you. And so mm-hmm. the author of Hebrews there very clearly says, look, 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 God has put men who will answer for your spiritual well-being. I think we forget what a big weight that is really mm-hmm. yeah. for those that are in leadership. Mm-hmm. It- I think, isn't it, it's uh, one of the letters to Timothy, you know, Paul's like, not many of you should even consider this office because you're going to be held to a higher account. Yeah. 
I don't remember if that's Timothy. I'm uh, doing the classic American Christian thing where it's like I know it. But it's I don't. in the Bible, but I don't know where it is. Yeah, <laughs> right. you know, but but yeah, we read that. You know, you read it in James too. It's like not many of you should. Uh, maybe should, it should be James. Yeah, too. not many of you should consider yourself ready to teach. Right. Right. Everybody wants to be an authority, but not many of you should consider yourself mm-hmm. there because one, not many of you are ready for that, and two, when you put yourself in that position, um, you will be judged more harshly, more strictly. God will have a different standard for you Mm -hmm. because you Mm -hmm. desired and stated that you were speaking for him. Yeah, Um, yeah, Malia, that's that's a great point that you make is that we forget that. It's it's something that, that we elders don't forget. Yeah. We talk about it with regularity as we meet around the table, as we make decisions about discipline, as we make decisions about how best to structure the church so that people will plug in and grow, as we grieve together over people that have wandered away or mm-hmm. refuse to grow. I mean, we, we do that knowing that we have to answer. This past December, we um, made the very difficult decision to remove some people from our membership roster. Some people mm-hmm. that are family members, some people that we know, some people that we care about deeply. And it wasn't for any reason other than because we decided that before God, we aren't, <laughs> we're going to be held responsible for the shepherding of people. We can only be responsible for the people that have agreed to allow us to shepherd them, mm-hmm. that we don't want to be held accountable for people. And we don't want anybody to be able to say, well, I thought I was good. Right. I was a member of the church and you never said right. anything. And so we yeah. had to step in and say, look, because we are going to be held to a high standard, mm-hmm. we have to deal. But the author of Hebrews says, look, look, you know what? Uh, have confidence in your leaders because I've put them there. God has put them there. Have right. confidence in them and submit to them. Mm-hmm. Follow them. Yeah. Right? And do it in such a way that they have joy in leading you, yeah. not that they have angst and, and heartache. Because it's ultimately good for you if they have joy in leading you, <laughs> right. which I find hilarious. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't have like a specific verse right now, but um, I think all over it, the scripture talks about unity mm-hmm. and about having unity and being one. And so, um, kind of going, I think, Matt, you say this a lot you know, the church is for you, but it's not about you right. mm-hmm. kind of mentality. And so, you know, by us clinging to our quote unquote rights, you know, that's not going to, um, to cultivate the unity that God desires yeah. from well, us as a church. Yeah. It's just like a family though. I mean, whether you're the husband, the wife or the kids, the family is for you, but it's not about you individually. Yeah. Um, that's something that, you know, you, you talk about that selfishness. I mean, being engaged and going through marriage counseling, that is 100% what marriage counseling is, premarital counseling is, is, all right, here's where you're selfish and strip all that away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I think Matt and the elders have done a very, very good job about communicating like, yeah, this is hard and it's, it's going to be hard. It's kind of like a growing pain almost, you know, yeah. to where um, the change is just hard for people. And we, we totally understand that. But mm-hmm. um just to have that trust in your leadership there. Well, and, and I think, so, so here's, here's where we get off track, though, in this culture. And, um, and Vince, you asked a really important question earlier that I, I don't want to forget, and I want to come yeah. back to it, is how do I disagree 
appropriately, biblically, with mm-hmm. the elders, right? Because I'm not going to agree with everything that they say. Mm-hmm. And so I think we want to address that. I don't want to, because there might be some people listening that, that, are, that are thinking, you know what? Yeah, I trust the elders, but I still don't have to agree with everything. And, right. and they're right. They're absolutely right. And so let's talk about that before we're done. Don't let me forget. But, but going, going back to, to this, this question of why does it feel so awkward and uncomfortable is because it's just not the way we work in everyday life. Right? You know, there are some scenarios where it's basically a dictatorship, mm-hmm. right? Where somebody is in charge and they are clearly directing things and we clearly follow because if we don't, yep. you know, we, we're busted, we're in trouble. That's the way that it is. So we don't do what our boss places. says, we get fired. We, you know, I don't do what the teacher says, I get sent to the office. I don't, um, yep. you know, I don't do what my parents say, I get grounded. You know, I mean, those, those systems work differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then we also live in, in this society where we are just so comfortable with the idea that majority rules, mm-hmm. right? We have grown up in a democracy, and that is a great blessing, Yeah. right? I mean, there are so many places in the world where, where that is, I mean, that is just not the case. But to be mm-hmm. in a democracy where, where the people are allowed to, to speak up and, and have rights and, and, and to, to advocate for themselves, all of that is so critical. Mm-hmm. And, and so we are used to this idea of majority rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's with, how we make laws and decisions. With the rights of the minority respected. Yes. Yeah, yeah the rights of the minority. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's... So that's it's not in America. It's not two wolves and a lamb trying to figure out what's for dinner. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah, certainly there there are laws that, that govern that. But but it's like so. I I always equate you know this to um you know referendums that mm-hmm. they put on ballots. Okay. Yeah. Like you know what um the school has asked for and and the school district is proposing a school sales tax. Mm-hmm. Right. So what we do is we put that on on the ballot. There's a referendum there and. And then when we go to vote, people decide, do I want to pay that tax? If yeah. 51% of the people decide that that tax is important, then the other 49% of the people have to pay it. Yep. Right? And if 51% of the people decide that tax is not important, the other 49% don't get charged it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they are free to donate their money if they choose to. <laughs> uh, but, rarely but they don't, happens. Yeah, rarely happens. But... But the point is, we're, that's the system that we're used to. And so um, there's a lot of us that assume that church polity ought to look like that. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they, want, they want that to be the way that things are decided. That is not—here's what I can say. It's not sinful, right. but it's not biblical. Mm-hmm. You are going to find no model of, of um, church government in the New Testament— um, or really throughout the early church history until mm-hmm. you get to a certain point in time mm-hmm. um, post-Reformation where yeah. the church is all of a sudden voting on everything and making mm-hmm. um, majority rules decisions. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a problem with that. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is, and you can see it in our political system mm-hmm. as it is, and, and right now in our climate for sure, um, you know, majority rules, sure, but it doesn't protect unity. Right. 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 And as Malia, you said, is, is all through the New Testament, we read about the unity of the church, the unity of the mm-hmm. church, the unity of the church. And when I've got 52% of the people leaning this way and 48% of the people leaning that way, it's really hard to protect the unity of the church. Yeah. Well, also, I'm sorry. No, no you go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say also this, listen, um, we all know 
and we all struggle with the idea when it comes election time of uneducated voters. Right. People that are going to vote in an election that they haven't taken the time to research or study or even yeah. understand what they're voting about. Well, how many times do you see on late night hosts or news shows where they have somebody they go out and they go, hey, this is, you know, just for example, hey, this is Bernie Sanders' tax plan, and they explain it, and they go, oh, wow, that sounds really good. And it's like, well, it's actually Trump's tax plan. Right. And they're yeah. like, oh, I had no idea. And now I hate it, right? Now I hate uh, it. And it's like, well. And, and, that's, but, and, and so, so, so uh, yeah, I mean – the idea isn't to say, oh, that people shouldn't have the right to vote. No, the idea, though, is, is in a church where God's law reigns, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we are to be following God at all costs. Um, and this is going to sound harsh, and I, I don't know how to say it differently, so hopefully people will give me grace. Mm-hmm. But if God's <laughs> law—I know, like, I'm hedging my bet here, right? You guys are looking at me like, is he going to say it? Is he going to say it? You know what I'm going to say. Um, I, I, I'm not giving the same voice to somebody who maybe cracks their Bible open every Christmas, yeah. maybe on Easter. I'm not going to give them the same voice to decide what the church ought to do mm-hmm. as we're going to give the elders in the church who are devoting themselves to prayer mm-hmm. and the study of God's word mm-hmm. and are seeking after God daily. And that's not to say that mm-hmm. everybody in the church is only cracking their Bible open, but, but that's the way a democracy works is everybody gets right. this equal vote. And that's not the way God's system works. That's right. not the way this is designed. We are following him at all costs, whether it's popular or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, you were going to say something and I... Um, well, and I'm just kind of thinking out loud, so correct me if I'm way off on this, but... You know, you think, I think maybe because I've been doing a study on Genesis, but you look at the way God has ordered creation and the way he's ordered everything. And he's done that, you know, with marriage, um, as far as kind of how it goes, you know, the wife submits to her husband, even though Mm -hmm. you're submitting to one another. And it's the same way with the church and how Mm -hmm. he's systematically set an order there, too. Yeah, no, you're not way off. Um, you're you're absolutely right, and, and that's that's the way that's the way again that that we see this. I think that's why elders are so critical is because they're they're, you know, God has placed elders. We read through Timothy and Titus. It's obviously um, uh, God's plan for elders to be appointed in churches. Um, and for elders to lead churches. Um, it is not God's plan that churches be democratic in choosing right. um, everything. Uh, but instead, what we say is, hey, you know what? There are elders in place mm-hmm. that God has ordained. We agree that God has ordained them. Mm-hmm. So we are just going to trust and follow them. Perfect example. And this happened a couple of years ago here at Blessed Hope. We bought a bus. Yep. We'd been wanting to buy some kind of transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, our youth group had grown. Our children's programming was growing. We didn't need it often, but when we needed it, we really needed it, and we hoped mm-hmm. to grow into it more. Right. Um, an opportunity came to buy a bus that was in really good shape that the school district was moving on from. They had purchased a new one. Um, you know, mm-hmm. thanks school sales tax, and <laughs> and so we, you know, we had the yeah. opportunity to buy a bus, and, and it was three thousand dollars. Right. Um, basically that amounts to 1% of our budget. Yep. And, and so we as elders made the decision, you know what? We are going to purchase that bus. Mm-hmm. There was pushback from in the congregation at that time. Not a large number and not right. people that were, that, that were like uh, angry and storming out, but pushback because they're like, hey, oh, time out. Why didn't we vote on that? Right. 
And so that mm-hmm. gave us an opportunity at that point in time to say, okay, well, let's mm-hmm. stop. Let's understand what elders are. Mm-hmm. Let's understand mm-hmm. what we've asked elders to do. Right. This is a decision where we've asked elders to, hey, you be in charge of following God and leading the church. We, unless it becomes sinful, right. are agreeing as being a member of the church that we will follow. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing about buying a bus that's sinful. Mm -hmm. Um, there's nothing about buying a bus that violates any of God's law. The elders prayerfully felt confident that this was something that, that would, that that would aid the ministry of the church. Mm -hmm. Um, therefore the kingdom of God, therefore help spread the gospel where it needs to be, um, in and through the lives of children and their friends. And so we made the decision, but because we're used to the idea of, Hey, well, time out. Aren't we supposed to approve that? Like, I didn't want us to buy a bus. Well, right. we didn't. How come we painted it green? You know, nobody <laughs> asked me if I wanted it green. No, because frankly... Because I didn't want it to be purple. That's not your decision um, to, to whether or not it's green. I mean, it's just not something where we're going to send out, uh, hey, we need to, after church, we need to have a vote because we need to pick a color for the bus. It's, yeah. That's not how an elder-led church runs. That's not how a New Testament church Trust runs. Trust me, the middle schoolers and high schoolers had all sorts of opinions about the color of us. <laughs> I'm sure they did. And I didn't listen to any of them. <laughs> um, can we switch gears a little bit and talk about our elders? Yeah. yeah. Let's talk um, about our elders. So I have gotten to sit down with all of them but one at this point to record um, these elder vision videos. Which videos. one? Let's call them out. Um, I haven't sat down with uh, Kevin yet. Come on, Kevin Hessen. That'll be, the, mm. <laughs> that'll better be than that. today. He is better than um, that. <laughs> But just in, in sitting with them, and, and I already knew this because, I mean, we've been blessed that we've had a lot of them. They've been elders since the inception of our church. Mm-hmm. Um, but just getting to uh, hear their hearts behind this merger and, and kind of the steps and the, the process it's taken them to kind of get where they are now has been so cool. And it really just makes me think, too, about um, how, you know, God doesn't, do anything by accident. He is always working behind the scenes. And I think about um, how he's brought, you know, Matt and Carrie to Vinton, how he's brought Vince to Vinton, and all of the blessings that have flowed from that. Uh, And just the elders that that have been called here, it's not an accident. They have been placed by God to shepherd us. And so, you know what a what a big calling I think for those those men mm-hmm. and, and for you guys, but you know God has has always been faithful and I think you know each and every one of us can see how He has been here at the church and just in our lives personally too. But like He He will do this. It's it's gonna be okay. Like we can trust Him. Yeah. You know, and I don't know who where I've heard this, um, and I shared this with my small group one week, but. We trust God for the most important thing in our lives, which is our salvation. Yeah. And so it seems so silly that we don't trust him for the dumbest things. And, you know, not that the merger is one of those things, but just for, you know, things in our lives that we're like, oh, I don't know if this is going to happen or how this is going to pan out. It's like, really? Like... Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, right. God we show, all do it. He's God got shows your, up in, yeah. in the most critical need. Well, that's where... Yeah. He's got yeah. your eternity wrapped yeah, in his arms, like, and you're worried about if he's going to fumble anything else. your finances. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like... Um, and, and it is, though, going back to the elders that we have, I have said this before, and, and, and it's not self-serving. I know I'm an elder, but, but um, you know, stepping into this elder board as it exists, uh, and, and with Dave and Kevin uh, and, and Mark... 
and we, you know, um, we've added Blake and, and Mike and Lyle have been on the board, but have stepped off the board mm -hmm. and Rick moved away. But, but we have been blessed with solid, godly men. Yes. And that is the first and foremost requirement for being an elder is that you be a maturing, not a perfect, but a maturing believer in Jesus Christ who meets those qualifications, right? Not perfectly, but you're growing and you're striving, you're above reproach. You, you know, you're, you're not quick to be angry. You're, you're, you're teachable and able to teach all of those things. And we have men that are. Um, and then more than that, we have men that are willing. So I read in, in 1 Peter 5, right, to the elders among you, um, I appeal to you as a fellow elder. This is Peter saying, I'm an elder of mm -hmm. the church. Yeah. You're elders of the church. So I'm with you in this. And he says, I, I encourage you as a fellow elder and witness of Christ's sufferings who will also share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that's under your care. Watch over them. Not because you must, but because you're willing as God wants you to be not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Like this is this call that mm -hmm. we have as elders, that we are to shepherd and nurture and protect and care for the people of the church. Why? Because we want to, yeah. and we desire to, not because we have to, um, and not because it gets us something, but because it's what God has put on our heart. And mm -hmm. we have elders that are qualified and they are called. Mm -hmm. They love the church. They mm -hmm. love the people that make up Blessed Hope. They love um, those that call Blessed Hope home. And, and God has put that in them. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just really important, I think, for people to recognize the, the service, the commitment, the time, and the desire that our elders have mm -hmm. um, to love and care for the people that call this place home. So, Matt, I will just role play it. So I'm a, I'm a church member. Yeah. And you are, and I am. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm frustrated with a decision. Let's, yeah. let's, well, say let's talk about the merger because I mean, yeah. that's, that's the elephant in the room, right? right. I mean, the reason so, we're talking about being an elder led church now is because people have been asking questions about mm -hmm. like, what does that mean? And why, yep. Yep. how does that handle so I'm, a I'm a like church member. And, I'm frustrated because I don't feel like my voice is necessarily getting to be heard because there's these two different stipulations on the vote that don't seem to match what we've done in the past. And, and, oh, sure. and so how do I you know, voice it? How do I disagree yeah. well if I don't agree with the merger? How do I, how do I go about that? Yeah. I, so, so I'm going I'm to say a couple of things about that. Mm -hmm. and, and hopefully this will answer your question. And, you know, the two of you can feel free to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm still confused. Um, but, <laughs> but there's a couple things to think about. One is, um, in a not democratic church, mm -hmm. in an elder-led church, um, in any church for that matter, no decision is going to be everybody's favorite. Yeah. There are, um, on any given Sunday, lately the weather's been wonky, but before this weather <laughs> stretch, on any given Sunday, there are about 170 adults mm -hmm. that show up at church here. Um, you know, when we think about those that don't show up every week or whatever, there are probably 200 plus adults that are within um, the, our reach that would call Blessed Hope their home. Mm -hmm. There is no way that we are going to make a decision that makes 200 people happy. 
Right. There are always going to be some people that are really excited about a decision Mm -hmm. and some people that are really broken up by a decision. Mm -hmm. I will give you an example, one that caused some angst because we didn't ask the church how they felt about it. We just, as elders, decided it. Mm -hmm. When we said that instead of having our kids be upstairs Mm -hmm. to worship with us, Mm -hmm. that we were going to start programming at their level so they could hear and wrestle with the gospel and learn to pray and memorize scripture on their terms at their age um, downstairs. And we started having children's church downstairs. That was something we didn't ask the church about. Mm-hmm. We said as elders, this is important. Mm-hmm. We feel like this is critical. We feel like God is telling us this is the direction for blessed hope to go. It's not right or wrong. It's a matter of this is best for us mm-hmm. and best for the kids that we minister to. And we did that, and people were upset, right? Right, um, and and some people were thrilled. Yeah, you know, you think about that at the time. There were probably 120, 130 adults that mm-hmm. were part of the church here, um, and of those 120 adults, you probably 90 of them were thrilled. Yep, and probably 30 of them were not. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of like it's a decision like that, right? That not everyone is going to be pleased. Sure right? This merger is the same way, mm-hmm. right? Not everybody is going to be like, yes, this merger makes perfect sense to me. I'm all in. A lot of people are, and that thrills me. Mm-hmm. Some people are, you know what? I'm not sure I get it. I don't, I don't understand mm-hmm. why we're doing this. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I have questions, even though we, you know, we've kind of tried to walk through that. They just still don't necessarily understand or agree. I get that too. Mm-hmm. Um, the question you're asking is, how do I say I am proud to be a part of an elder-led church. Mm -hmm. I trust the elders that God has placed over me at Blessed Hope Church, Mm -hmm. but I'm still not happy with the decision. Right. I think it's that simple as just Mm -hmm. saying that. It's a submission. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's two things. One is, I think what, what we, and we've talked about this before on this podcast, Vince, it's been a while, but there is a significant difference between being heard mm-hmm. and being agreed with. Right. Yep. And I think it's critical that all people that call Blessed Hope home have a chance to be heard. Mm-hmm. And if they think, you know what, I don't think this is a good idea and here's why. It's important that they feel and they can be heard. But that doesn't mean they're going to be agreed with. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes in our culture, we've gotten so confused by that because we think, well, if you really heard me, then you would agree with what I'm saying. Right. And that's not always the case. And so Mm -hmm. what I would say to those people that that like, you know what, I want to disagree, then do so. Yep. Disagree agreeably. Mm -hmm. And I've had several people do that. Mm-hmm. I've had several people call me or send me emails or reach out and say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I've got concerns and here's what they are. Mm-hmm. And I'm praying about that. And I'm asking God to align my heart with his, mm-hmm. right? What else can I ask from somebody right. besides respectfully tell me where you're at and what you're thinking mm-hmm. and, and commit to praying and asking, um, asking you to align. I don't need you to align your heart with mine, right. right? I don't need people to align their heart with Matt or Kevin or Mark or Dave right. or Blake Right? I don't need that. What I need people to do is to have their hearts aligned with God's because I am confident and convinced that the elders are doing that same thing. Right. And mm-hmm. so if we do that, then ultimately God will move us in the same direction. But disagree. Don't do it rudely. Don't do it behind our, anybody's back. Right. Right. If you disagree with the decision the elder makes, Vince, then tell an elder. Right. 
you know, don't try to influence everybody else in the don't, church. Don't make a gossip of it. it. Well, don't make a gossip. But, but I think here's what we do. Um, in terms of, well, I really think I'm right and I want people to agree with me. What we do is we actively campaign. Yep. Sometimes we subversively campaign. And that's where you know you're being sinful. We're triangulating or creating a posse. But sometimes we actively campaign and we try to get people on our side because we think we know best. Mm -hmm. And and ultimately, that's sinful too. Mm -hmm. Because what we're called to do, we go back to to Hebrews 13, have confidence in your elders. And if you have confidence in your elders, then guess what? Submit. And so I know that feels bad for people, especially in a culture of um, democracy. Yep. And everybody's vote should count equally. Um, but this, that's, that's not how this works in the church. That's not God's design. He has asked godly men to lead the church. Mm-hmm. As a church, we've affirmed that there are godly men leading the church. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nobody serving as an elder that hasn't first been affirmed by the church to lead in that capacity. And so what we're saying is, hey, we trust the elders. I may not like where they're going, but I trust that they're mm-hmm. following God. Because here's mm-hmm. the deal. As a pastor, I can tell you this. I don't always like where God leads me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I don't always like where God tells me to go. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in the congregation saying, I don't like that, hey, brother, I get it, right? Yeah. Like, you're I in don't, good company. I don't always like where God wants me to go, but I always commit to going where God wants right. me to go. Right. And so that's the way the elders are. And that's why I think Blake's testimony yeah. from a week ago and the right. other elders were so good. It's like, you know what? I'm not sure that I got this. But ultimately, as we mm-hmm. prayed about it, as we meditated, as we fasted, as we talked, as we studied, it was clear this is where God's going. So guess what? Sure. We're going there too. Yeah. And well, that's ultimately it. So, so that would be my, is disagree do it respectfully, mm-hmm. um, yep. but understand the difference between I'm disagreeing mm-hmm. and, or, and be, you, you know, and being disagreeable and I'm being disagreeable. And, and ultimately the ask is even if you disagree, if you assume that God has placed the leaders here, mm-hmm. then follow and submit. Yep. That's why, that's why I am really still prayerfully, um, hoping and praying and, and I mean, I'm going to say expecting, although that sounds maybe hard, you, you know, but uh, for a hundred percent affirmation for this merger mm-hmm. vote, yeah. because I am confident this is God's leading. Yep. Mm-hmm. The elders are confident this is God's leading. And so we are saying to the church, your leaders are following God confidently. Will mm-hmm. you please follow us? Not do you love it I hope you do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but even if you don't, will you follow us? And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to say this. If somebody is passionately going to say, no, I won't affirm, this is the hard part. It's hard for me to say, but what they're passionately saying there is, I don't trust our leaders. Right. Not just in this, but I don't trust our leaders. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're hearing from God. I don't think they're following God. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't trust them. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't trust your leaders in this, how are you going to trust them in anything? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's a problem that I don't think most people have really wrestled through what that really means. Sure. Um, you, you know, and so I, it's, it's, it's a tricky kind of a thing. Malia, I'm sorry. No, I you're, you're fine. You were ready to throw something out. And I, just, <laughs> I was just reading in I was preaching. Thessalonians last week. Um, and it, correct me if I'm taking this out of context. Um, but towards the end, it says, always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Um, and then just a few verses down, it says, do not quench the spirit. And so, you know, in my head, I'm thinking like, 
you know, unity again. Mm-hmm. It's just you know, like what is best for our church body? What, mm-hmm. you know, where is God leading us? And what are you doing that's quenching the spirit? Or what are you mm-hmm. doing that's not good for the body? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's not, and again, that's not to say that if you have concerns about the merger or any, or the kids going downstairs or any decision, right. that mm-hmm. somehow you're hurting the unity of the church. Right. But when you actively work against it, right. Um, then you you are to a degree mm-hmm. and and ultimately it's a matter of as a believer am i serious when i say that god gets what god wants right and if i'm serious about that and i trust the elders then even if i don't love the direction i'm going to go mm-hmm. um and and that's not to say and 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 i i, I should it's caveat. almost like it's ridiculous Faith. Ridiculous faith. That's right. Wow, look at that. <laughs> um, and that's not to say that you follow the elders in sin. Oh my goodness, no. Right. Right? I mean, that's that's one of the reasons that, that this church exists, because mm-hmm. there's a point in time where we say, you know what, leaders? We are no longer submitting because this is no longer God honoring. You can't right. you can't have us believe that you are honoring and following God when you are actively endorsing or living in sin. Right. Mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. Right, and there is a time to say, you know what? No, I don't trust our leaders because our leaders are actively living a life, mm-hmm. or they're actively endorsing something that doesn't fit with the gospel and and the word of God. Right. Um, so, so people should always have the yeah. authority to check our work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to make sure that we're not um, th- that we're not going against God. So, just the last question, and I, we've explained this a lot. I know you've explained it a lot, but just what, why are we voting the way we are and what is the way we're voting? All and right. so, so yeah, you that, can be really brief with it. Yeah. Let me, let me just, um, cause this will be a question I answered this Saturday right. in our merger Q and a snippet that comes out every Saturday morning. And this, this Saturday will actually be the last one. I know people are like, man, are there even more questions? We'll, we'll just keep answering. Yep. Um, but this is the way it will work. Uh, or this is the way it has worked in the state of Iowa. Um, when two nonprofit corporations, and that's what these churches are, mm-hmm. uh, when they choose to merge, right, and they choose mm-hmm. to pursue a merger, um, it happens in stages. The first stage is that a merger agreement is written. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been done. We hired a lawyer to do that. Um, and then the boards of both churches have to vote on their intent to, this is the agreement, do we intend to merge? Both boards have voted, yes, we intend to merge, and we shipped that paperwork off to the lawyer, and the lawyer has filed that. So according to the state of Iowa, Revolution Church and Blessed Hope Church intend to merge. It doesn't mean Mm -hmm. it's a done deal, but it means very clearly that is our intention. And... Um, since we have declared our intention to merge, now we follow what the Iowa law is Mm -hmm. about, well, how do you have a successful merger or how does your merger intention fail? And the way that you have a successful merger is by having a vote Mm -hmm. of the bodies. And so, um, and, and both bodies have to vote and for a merger to be approved, you have to hit one of two thresholds. It's not really a two tier vote system, right? It's one vote and Either one of these causes it to pass, uh, according to the state of Iowa. The first and the simplest is two-thirds of the people present at the vote vote to approve the merger. Um, So if two-thirds of the people here vote to approve the merger and two-thirds of the people at Revolution vote to approve the merger, the merger is approved. 
Okay. Okay. That paperwork is filed with the state, and we become one corporation, one church. Mm -hmm. If two-thirds of the people don't approve the merger, then we have to look at the number of voting members in the church, um, and we have to see if 50% of them, uh, 51%, agreed um, with the merger. Um, The caveat there is that if somebody doesn't show up, Mm -hmm. we assume they disagree. Okay. That's the state law, mm-hmm. is that if they're not here, they count as a no vote. Okay. So uh, then we'd have to hit 50%, but everybody that's absent um, that is able, like our shut-ins wouldn't count, um, but yeah. um, anybody that's absent that's able would be counted as a no if they're not here. So that's kind of how that shakes out. Yeah. So, it, so but, but that's not us making up right. arbitrary numbers. I know some people have wondered, like, well, how come we're not following this percentage or that percent? Like, we're not making up numbers. We're following the code in Iowa mm-hmm. as to what's required to make a merger yeah. work. Um, you know, it's not arbitrary. It's because there is a law, right. <laughs> you know. So I just want to thank you guys for joining me today. I mean, we've kind of gotten to a new normal of 35 to 40 when we've been trying to get 25 to 30. Yeah, so. that was about 45, I think, right yeah. there. Yeah, so uh, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully this answers some questions about what it means to be an elder, elder-led church and uh, what it means for us to be voting the way that we are for the merger. Yeah. Um, so hope you guys have a blessed week.